I got to ask you, you know, how, how the hell did we ever end up in this mess that we're in now? You know, I, I've been asking myself that and I got to I got to think it's the fact that Dutch is my uncle and he kind of owed my mom a favor. And I think he just brought us along on this rescue mission just as a favor to her, like a babysitting thing. And I don't think Mm. he really planned on it working out this way. No, when I said I wanted to go on an adventure, I was definitely not thinking about this. No, I was expecting like a nightclub and stuff like that, not to be covered in other people's blood. And chased by some weird-ass alien thing. Yeah. I mean, we walk past the skinned bodies hanging upside down, and that's definitely not my idea of a good time. No, not at all. I feel very ill-equipped for this mission, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And what are we supposed to do with this? I mean, the, what do I got, a blow dart gun or something yeah. without the blow darts? And I've got a slingshot, and they're all packing heat. Oh, this, this does not bode well for us. No, no. And they just ripped the guy's spine out just like five minutes ago and they all took off running and they left us. <sighs> I think I hear them up ahead. Do you hear like a bunch of gunfire? I'm not liking this at all. I just I just want to get get to the chopper and get the heck out of here. Yeah. Should we run in the other direction or would that take us away from the chopper? I don't even know where we are. <sighs> I just say we run and just what? Did you hear a click noise? I... Oh, shit, yes. I I hear some laughter, too. Oh, no. Rob, you've got, like, something on your forehead. It's, like, red. Is it, like, a triangle? It is. It's, like, three dots. Oh, no. Oh, my God. We are a rescue team, not assassins. Now, what do we got to do? In a part of the world where there are no rules. We pick up their trailer at the chopper, run them down, grab those hostages before anybody knows we were there. What do you mean we? Deep in the jungle, where nothing that lives is safe. You lose it here. You're in a world of hurt. Showtime, Jet. Knock, knock. An elite rescue squad. You're bleeding, man. I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> is being led by the ultimate warrior. We need the best. That's why you're here. But now... What's got Billy so spooked? There's something out there waiting for us. And it ain't no man. They're up against the ultimate enemy. Holy mother of God. Nothing like it has ever been on Earth before. She says the jungle just came alive and took him. We cannot see it. <laughs> blood no bodies we hit nothing but it sees the heat of our bodies and the heat of our fear whatever it is out there it killed hopper and now it wants us it kills for pleasure he will skin the lion it hunts for sport skinning us one at a time we're all going to die but this time it's picked the wrong man to hunt if it bleeds Kill it. Twentieth Century Fox presents Arnold Schwarzenegger. Predator. The hunt begins Friday, June twelfth at theaters everywhere. All right, friends of the Midnight Mass Creature Cast, 
We are back today after that amazing trailer covering Predator from 19, help me, is it 87? Yep, 1987. Yeah, 1987, uh, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I am Mark, and I am always joined by the ever-awesome... I'm Rob, and uh, we are both trying to get to the chopper today. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Hopefully Maria's on the chopper. I want that more than anything. Maria, bring it down. Yo, actually, I you just brought that to my mind because apparently... Um, he had a wedding rehearsal with Maria Shriver at that time that they were filming this. And she was none too pleased that he, um, you know, spent most of his time on the set rather than spending time with her or going to the wedding rehearsal. Maybe that was fate trying to tell her something and she should have listened. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, You know what, though? I'll be honest with you, Rob, if it be came down to like me planning for a wedding or doing Predator, I think Predator would get my full attention too. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I don't want to deal with a wedding. I, I'd rather. I, I thought the movie was pretty cool. But anyway, so uh, this was your pick and I'm fine with that, but I, I'll give you your due. When did you first see this, my friend? Um, Let's see. When did it come out? I know it came out in 1987, but... Uh... I remember it being either 87 or 88, the summer of. And of course, I didn't see it in the movie theaters, but my friend was talking about it. And we went to his grandmother's house that weekend and he brought the VHS with him and we watched it. Um, and then we proceeded to go swimming in the pool and she's uh, she lives way out in the boonies. And so there's a lot of woods. And I remember being watchful of the trees after seeing this movie. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. <laughs> so it was 87 or 88, you know, around that time. I picture you getting out of the pool and immediately rolling around in dirt to cover yourself with like mud. <laughs> so you'll be safe to make it into the house. Unfortunately, it was all grass. There was no dirt. Oh, darn it. <laughs> now, I actually. I saw this in the theater when it first came out and I think I pretty much saw it before like you really got to know a lot about the plot or the creature design or anything so it was pretty new so all of it was like first time for me does that make sense yeah so it was pretty amazing I remember being blown away by it um and also you know because he was an action star and everything and he you know of course did Terminator um and I remember, you know, you it really is just like an action movie at first because there's the whole setup with everything, which we'll get into. Um, and I remember thinking, is this going to be like just a total just flat out kind of action thing? Or when is the actual Predator coming into play? And then when you got it, it was like, holy cow, this is amazing. Yeah. When you got oh. it, you really got it. Yeah. I just thought the whole thing was just a super cool like. You got your horror and some kind of sci-fi and action just rolled up into one. It was just, to me, perfect with each one. Like sometimes you get way too much action and not enough horror or way too much horror and they, they kind of skimp on the action. But this, I think they did it great all across the board, I feel. Yeah, you, well, um, it was what I, my thoughts were half action and then the second half was like just sci-fi horror, blood and guts creature you know, everything. Yeah. And it moves at a, like a 
super fast pace. Like yeah. there's not a whole lot of like exposition or anything. It's just, you're throwing the action. Here you go. Yeah. Tosses you in the deep end and does not hand you a life raft. No, not at all. No. So, and off air, we already talked about this. So I have his approval. The cast is kind of big. So I kind of limited myself to just a couple of films from each person. And I just wanted to kind of go through everybody up front and then we'll just progress with the action from there. So as far as the creature effects go, there's three people I'd like to talk about very quickly. Um, one is Screaming Mad George. And he is actually credited on, on the uh, the film. Now, I know him um, mainly from two that I want to talk about real quick. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master from 88. And then he worked on The Giver from 91. And we've discussed that one. And we've, we've both seen it. And I love it. Yeah, we've got to cover that. I would love to cover that one. Like immediately, I would love to cover that one. Now, two more gentlemen that are uncredited that worked on the film is Greg Nicotero. No shit. On, yep. Deep Star Six from 89. And then very recently, he did Annabelle from 2014. And even more recently, uh, he was he had a hand in The Walking Dead. Correct. Correct, Mundo. And then our next uncredited person is, to me, not shocking at all, Stan Winston. Ah, yes, of course. And then the two I have from him that I would like to mention is Leviathan from 89. And then a decade later, he would work on Lake Placid from 99. You know, what's great is you brought up Deep Star Six and also Leviathan. And it's like, those are two movies that are on the list for, for our future. <laughs> you know? Well, and you know how I feel about underwater horror. As oh, it yeah. Is. <laughs> yep. And Greg, Greg Evigan with a beard, too. <laughs> so <laughs> now our director is John McTiernan. And the two I wrote down that I, you know, would like to put out there is Nomads from 86, the one with Piers Brosnan, that I also think we should cover. Uh, it also has uh, Adam Ant and Josie Cotton in it. And then he, of course, worked on Die Hard with Bruce Willis from 88. So are you there? I'm still here. Yep. Oh, OK. I thought maybe you were crying for some reason. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, why? Why do I have to spend more time with Mark? No, um, I would never do that. So our cast is now, before I say this, I want to put this out there and just get your feelings on this. So some of them, they're like very, very easy to, to tell, like, OK, this is this, this is this. But at the end of the movie, they do that. It's almost to me seems like a TV show where they like have everybody, you know, with their character's name. And they're kind of like mugging for the camera. Oh, yes. That was kind I kind of wish. I wish they would have done that at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Because it would have made it a lot easier to tell them apart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also at the end of the movie, it makes it seem like it's not a uh, sci-fi action and there wasn't like arms being blown off and heads being exploded and that kind of stuff, you know? It's like Predator meets Small Wonder. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Small Wonder, how I love thee. Oh, but yeah, but anyway, I I remember once uh, once all my note taking was done and you know my hand was cramping and they did that and I thought, f you people behind the, the production of this because that would have been so much easier for Mark. Oh um, shit! But I did like it, but it would have made it easier anyway. So our leader of the whole like expedition is Dutch, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, and um. I, of course, I think I first discovered him in Hercules in New York from 1970. And if I'm not mistaken, that's not even his voice in that movie. They actually got someone else to dub the voice in. Uh, And he, of course, was Conan in both The Barbarian from 82 and The Destroyer in 84. 
And of course, he was Mr. Freeze in Batman and Robin mm. from 97. Yeah, the Conan films are the ones I remember most as a kid, uh, barring, of course, the action movies that he starred in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think the most memorable ones were the ones that kind of blurred the line between action and um, sci-fi, such as Terminator, Total Recall, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I kind of tried to go more just with me recommendations more that don't really fit into this category per se. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but yeah, no, you're right. Like Terminator. Oh, I love Terminator. I just watched that first. Like maybe what is it? Oh, this is where he's naked again. Nudity. Give me your jacket. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I'm like, don't give him that jacket. Um, And then we have Dylan. Played by Carl Weathers. And Mr. Weathers was in Close Encounters of the Third Kind from 77 and in Action Jackson from 88. One of my favorite movies. Because it has vanity in it. And I love her. I love her, too. But I love all the kick ass. Like everything that happened in that movie was just. Oh, yeah, it's totally fun. And it has vanity in it. Okay, Um, so our next person is Blaine. And that is portrayed by Jesse Ventura from the WWF. Yeah, and that's he, mostly where I remember him from. Okay, I he was also in Running Man from 87. Did you see that one? Of With course. Arnold? Yeah. Okay, and then he was in Demolition Man from 93. I don't remember him being in either of those films. Cryo Khan was his character in Demolition Man. Wow, I'm going to have to rewatch Demolition Man again. I'll wait. <laughs> uh, and then we have Matt, who is portrayed by Bill Duke. Now, I... Love this movie. It was, it seemed like anytime I turned on TV as a kid, it was on and I watched it every time. He was in Car Wash from 76. I love that movie. And then most recently, uh, another one I'd like to recommend was Mandy from 2018 with Nicolas Cage. Have you seen Mandy? Not yet. Okay. I, I would like you to, and then I would like to hear what you think of it. You know, I'm kind of iffy on the Nicolas Cage films because okay. it's like he's either good. Or he's really terrible. Mm, okay. I just, huh, I, I'd like you to see that one. And I'd like <clears> you to see Color Out of Space. Did oh, you see I've that seen one? Color Out of Space. Did you like that one? I did, but I didn't necessarily like his character. He seemed a bit mm. too over the top in that. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Anyway. I, okay. I get you. I'm not dismissing you. I'm just trying. Not what I'm doing is rethinking the Mandy thing, if you would like it or not. But I. I don't know. I still I've been hearing a lot of good it. things about Mandy, so I, I mm. am going to get to it. Yes. Anyway, I would still, once you do, or if you do, I'd like to hear what your thoughts are. Okay. Anyway, we're moving on, moving on. Then we have Billy, um, and that is uh, Sonny Landon. And the two movies I would talk about from this gentleman, he played the pool worker number two in Poltergeist from 82, and he was in Maximum <clears throat> Force from 92 a decade later. Hmm. Yeah, one of the people who was hitting on a young uh, Carol Ann's sister. Yes, Dominique Dunn. <laughs> uh, and then we have General Phillips, who just barely, barely, sorry, barely briefly shows up at the beginning, more or less. But this man, I love him so much. Uh, he's R.J. Armstrong, and he was an evil speak from 81, which I demand we cover at some point, as well as. The Beast Within from 82, which I also demand we cover at some point. So demanding. I do. I'm telling you, Rob, I'm going to open your eyes to these movies. Okay. Um, Then we have Poncho, and that's Richard Chavez. 
And I know him from Witness from 85 with Harrison Ford. Did you ever see that one, the Amish one? Uh, yes, actually, I did. Okay. Okay. And then he was in Dark House from 2009, which I'm like, oh, I saw that movie. <laughs> I did not see that one. Oh, it was. Uh, you won't die if you don't see it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd rather you see Mandy. <laughs> and then we have Hawkins, played by Shane Black. Now, he was in, I love this one, Dead Heat from 88. Dead Heat was awesome. I, because I love me some Treat Williams. And then we have uh, Pumped Up Joe Piscopo. <laughs> Joe Piscopo, who was... Uh, and he was... Oh, okay, oh, sorry. sorry. I didn't mean... I'm I'm going to get way off track if I start to talk about oh. that, so no. Oh, <laughs> so okay. what were you going to say? Now I want to know. I was going to say um, Johnny Dangerously used to be one of my favorite movies, and I oh. just remember Joe Piscopo in that film. That's fun. Now, would you ever want to talk about Dead Heat? Yes, I would. Okay, that would be fun too. And then RoboCop 3 for Mr. Black from 93. Um, yes, and more recently, uh, he is one of the people responsible for the new Predator film, which kind of didn't do so well. But I actually enjoyed... No, wait, wait, wait. New Predator. Are you talking about The Prey? Uh, no, The Predator from a few years ago. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I I actually enjoyed that one too. There's not been a Predator movie that I've not actually enjoyed some aspect of it. Oh, I, I didn't hate it, but it wasn't... Mm -hmm. um, it was too comedic, I think. Mm, gotcha. And so I didn't really like the the comedic parts. I wanted it to be a little bit darker, like along the lines of the, the Predator films that came before it, like uh, Robert Rodriguez's uh, Predator or Predators. Sorry, that one was it felt like it belonged in that same universe because they're on the planet of the Predators and they're just like, what the fuck is going on? You know, they're trying to survive. Mm -hmm. I mean, I thought that was amazing. Now, I'm, I am not going to derail us. I just really quick. Are you a fan of the Alien versus Predators movies? Predator I am, versus Alien? but okay. uh, it's, it's, I feel a little bit differently. Like, I don't take those into being, I don't put those in the same universe as the Predator films. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way with Freddy versus Jason. But now we're moving on. Unless you have something to say about Freddy versus Jason. No, I mean, we'll talk about that in a bonus episode. <laughs> okay. All right. So, and then we have Anna played by El, I, I apologize if this is incorrect. I believe it's Elpedia Carrillo. Carrillo. Maybe. Um, and, th and then she actually reprises her role in Predator 2 from 90 with, uh, is it Danny Glover? <laughs> <laughs> she becomes Danny Glover. No, no, with Danny Glover. No, oh, with Danny Glover. Danny. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I thought you were pulling recently, my leg. No, no, no. Isn't he? He's in. He's in the second one. Yeah, he's in the second one. Yeah, and then um, which the second one's one of my favorites because it's got the <laughs> naked naked dudes hanging upside down. Not just naked dudes. There's naked full frontal naked ladies there. I don't. I couldn't tell you. Um. <laughs> And then Guillermo del Toro's um, Cabinet of Curiosity. She was in one episode of that. I'd never seen that. Rob, I, I kind of think you dig it. Some of, you know what? There's some that are very HP Lovecraft. I think you'd be all about that show. I probably would you. like it because I am a fan of Guillermo del, bleh, del Toro. I'm not yeah. going to say his first name. Guillermo. Guillermo. Um, Guillermo. If I say it too much, I'll start 
mispronouncing it, so I'm gonna stop. But uh, yeah, no, I think you would like it a lot, like a lot, a lot. Now, Predator's voice. Oh yes, that I was reading un- that too. Yeah, the uncredited Peter Cullen. Now I put down just a couple things. Basically, he's the voice of Optimus Prime. Uh, in the cartoon. Movies, cartoons, like he's been Optimus Prime for quite a while. So like, in quite a while. Wait, like in by movies, you mean like the Michael Bay films? Michael Bay films. Okay. He was on the, the cartoon from 84 through 87. Like he's been Optimus Prime for a very long time. Wow. Like you're hearing his voice. And then he also did Eeyore for a bit in Winnie the Pooh. And then now I love Scooby-Doo. Like I love Scooby-Doo. And one of the weirdest Scooby-Doo's that they ever did, I think, is the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. It only made one season. There were 13 episodes, but he was on that all 13 episodes, too. Incredible. I had never even, I didn't know there was like a 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, and I was a Scooby-Doo watcher. Now, this one's got Vincent Price, and it only has, they got rid of Fred and Velma. And Daphne looks completely different and Shaggy's wearing a green shirt and they gave them, I believe the little boy is Hispanic. There's like a little boy that works with him too. It's very odd, but I love it because I just love Scooby-Doo. And I like when they do weird, different things with, they, they when they go outside of the box, you know, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Our last person and we'll be moving on. Our predator is played by Kevin Peter Hall. Yeah, who's apparently like seven foot two or something like that. Six nine, I believe. Oh, because it. Oh, six foot nine. Yes. Why the hell was it? Okay. See, the trivia really messed me up because the trivia said that he was seven foot two. Um, anyway, off of that, but the Predator was originally cast as John Claude Van Damme because they thought he could move ninja-like and do kung fu shit. Um, But the suit was way too hot, and Jean-Claude Van Damme was also unhappy that he didn't get to, you know, show his moneymaker. So they recast it with Kevin Peter Hall. So, I don't know why. (laughs) (laughs) But in my mind... It was you. You said I. You said Jean Claude Van Damme, but I thought Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> and I thought, well, why Dolph Lundgren? And then I thought immediately oh. that, that would have been a bad idea because Brigitte Nielsen would have gotten involved and just beat the bejesus out of him <laughs> and taken the role over. So it would have been Brigitte Nielsen as Predator. Oh wow! And then at some point, Dolph Lundgren would have said, "I must break you." Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, oh, so Jean-Claude, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, Okay, I'll quit saying that, but that is interesting. But our friend, Kevin Peter Hall, he was uncredited in Prophecy from 79, which you need to consider yourself lucky that it's 79, because if it was 80, I'd be making you watch that one, because I love it. Well, I might still watch it anyway. And then you might quit talking to me, because it's not the best movie, but I love the thing. (laughs) Um, Now... He was the alien in Without Warning from 1980. I don't believe I've seen that movie. No, you probably haven't. But it has been, I think it was Arnold that was quoted as saying it. It was, um, what's the word I want? Like um, the movie itself, Without Warning, 
kind of stirred the idea for Predator. Oh, okay. Like, yes, yes. Uh, he also worked in One Dark Night from 81 with Meg Tilly. And he was also, uh, he reprised the role in Predator 2 in 90. Hell yeah, because I mean, who else are you going to get that's that physically kind of imposing who could wear that? I think the costume was like 200 and something pounds. So this guy is like a trooper, man. Brigitte Nielsen. Brigitte Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would love to do Without Warning with you. It's got um, Jack Palance and Martin Landau and... Oh, what's his name? He left the one show where they showed butts all the time. <laughs> the one with the the gene portals in the butt? No, 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 no. It's a TV show. It was oh, a cop TV show. show. Okay. He's a redhead. Hmm. I keep wanting to say David Duchovny. It's not David Duchovny. What is his name? Carrot Top? He... No, stop it. That's <laughs> disgusting. Uh, you're going to make me vomit in my mouth just a little bit. David Caruso. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Not Carrot Top. <laughs> you said the redhead and like Carrot Top was the first yeah. one that came no, to No, David mind. Caruso. Yeah. Uh, what was his show? Do you remember that show? And then Ricky Schroeder took over when he left. Uh, like it was a big deal because it was on regular TV and then like they would was have Was it spots. Silver Spoons? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. It was older Ricky Schroeder, not young Ricky Schroeder. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, no, I have, I have no clue. Um, All right, here we go. Here we go. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you buckled <laughs> in? All right, so our movie starts and we see it's like a space scene and we see a ship kind of come close to our orbit and a pod jettisons out of it. Yeah, almost then, like the um, the beginning of the thing where... A similar yes. thing happened. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but then now we see helicopters and they are landing kind of on a beach. And we have, um, we get a scene of a Dylan, which is Carl Weathers in a bar. And then the men are departing the helicopter. And we have um, Dutch with his with his stogie, of course, because he was known for his cigars. Yeah. Ar Arnold was. Um, and then they all pile into Jeeps and head down the beach. Where they, um, oh, except for except for Dutch, where he actually meets the general, and the general kind of fills them in that they are going to be sent on basically a, a rescue mission of sorts because eighteen hours ago they lost a cabinet member and his aide and on the wrong side of the border, and they feared that now he's in guerrilla hands. Then we come to find out that Dylan and Dutch have actually worked together before, and they're kind of comrades from from Pat from the past. Yeah, and I just wrote down dick measuring contest. Oh my god, did you see a different version? No. <laughs> when they're when they're doing the arm wrestling, it's like, oh, you know. Oh, I thought this was like Starship Troopers and I got to <laughs> Oh. Oh my god, Rob, my heart stopped for just a minute. <laughs> yeah, no no, there was there no, was yeah. no actual penis measuring in this. Yeah, no, totally. Like you could tell there's like, you know, that that like rivalry but they're buddies kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I went in that whole arm wrestling scene. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I With think the two guys when they arm wrestle. Yeah, yeah, they, like yeah, they yeah. they slap each other's hands, but then it turns into like a death grip, and they're like right, yeah. arm wrestling and shit. Yeah, uh, but it's basically what they what they want to do. It's just a one hour operation. You're in, you're out, and that's just how it's going to be. Um, but once they're in, Dylan takes over. So it's not like Dutch's game. Once they're in. 
what Dylan says goes. So we've got our copters. They're basically paired off into two copters and they're heading into the jungle. Um, and then this is where Dutch finds out that there's no backup. It's just them on their own. <laughs> now, one of our characters, um, it is uh, not Hawkins, I believe. Yeah, Hawkins, who's big on vagina jokes. Oh, yes, yes. I <laughs> I had that written down. Like He's trying to make Billy laugh. Yeah, he's trying um, to make Billy laugh. <laughs> Now, Hawkins, so I had to do things to kind of like help me tell them all apart. Hawkins is the one who wears glasses. Yes, that's right. Yes. And then Billy is our indigenous member of the of the, the group. And the reason I point that out is because they really do rely on his skills later on to like his tracking skills. Not that all indigenous people have tracking <laughs> skills, but that's what they're going for in this movie. I'm just pointing that out. And then we get... Um, Blaine, who's played by Jesse Ventura, who's, to me, horribly overdressed throughout the entire film. Um, <laughs> and he's got that tobacco thing that he's chewing on. And he spits it on Dylan's shoe. Because yeah. talk about like a pissing contest. It's like, you know, ooh, I'm the big tough guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he, mm -hmm. and then Dylan's like, uh, does that little come here gesture with his finger. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. that's a real nasty habit you got there. Mm-hmm. And then he mentions Dylan uh, has this lighter that Dutch also has a lighter. They have like matching lighters. They they got like way back when it's like kind of like something that ties them together. Yeah. When they were in uh, special forces or something like that. Yeah. Now, did that lighter ever come into play again? I don't believe so. I, I don't I recall didn't think so either. It. I'm like, why are you even talking about this? Okay. Yeah, I wanted to ask you too, because I'm like. Right. You would think upon seeing it that it was would have some significance later on, but I, I don't think he even uses it to light the torches near the end of the movie. So No, I don't think it ever came into play again. Yeah. I, I wrote that and I'm like, I don't remember this ever, ever <laughs> being brought back. Okay, anyway, whatever. Um so they are landing and they're scouring the terrain, and they notice that up in the trees is the copter that they've been looking for and it's been shot down basically it's 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 in bad shape yeah so dylan and i believe it's poncho climb up into the tree and then poncho the only way i know him is he wears a hat that's the only way i could tell because other people wear hats but he wears a hat and he's different than everybody else <laughs> <laughs> so poncho wears the hat so he climbs up there with dylan and they notice that the pilot's been shot um but they also realize that it's not an army taxi. It's more like a surveillance uh, plane. Yeah, not only that, it looked like to have been shredded by something as well. Yes. Yeah. And they're thinking, now, okay, whatever did this, it was pretty sophisticated. And it had a, a heat seeker. So they're thinking this is completely different than what we thought we were getting into. That's yep. their first tip off. So they have Billy doing his like tracking thing and he he's you know come up with um that the guerrilla guards took the two men but they weren't alone that there were six men wearing u.s army issued boots and they came from the north right so there and were other people along with these people following them tracking them yeah and that doesn't sit right with dutch because he's like you know why would they be wearing u.s issued boots Right. And then Dylan kind of gives him this thing, oh, it's just another rebel patrol. And that's kind of where you could tell there's a bit of dissension and distrust between 
Dutch and Dylan, he's like, mm, I don't know if I'm buying all this. Yeah. Uh, things are just not adding up. Mm-hmm. And then the birds in the jungle, they kind of start acting oddly. Oh, as Billy's like searching, like he's taking a drink from that vine and he he's con- conducting his search. Right. Yeah. There's just some really weird things. It's like they're really trying to push the like this guy's mad like nature skills. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> He's like in he tune know. with nature. <laughs> he can, yeah, totally all that stuff. He yeah, can I chop a vine someone, and just sip it like a straw. Right. I kept waiting for someone to like throw litter on the ground and then like Billy just sheds one tear. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so oh, Billy goes to investigate and he sees these three bloody, bloody bodies turned upside down. And mm-hmm. underneath them are their entrails, and there's a dog tag. Yep. Well, that dog tag, they read, belongs to Jim Hopper. And then this is kind of where uh, um, uh, is it? They were Green Berets out of Fort Bragg. Oh, Hopper was, yeah. Yeah, Hopper was. Um, but Dylan's not sure, you know, like he said, something inhuman had to have done this and they shouldn't have even been here. Yeah. So he's still not giving up the ghost on that. Exactly. Exactly. He's still kind of like, I don't really understand why, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, but Billy's like, there were shots fired in all sorts of directions and, you know, Hopper wouldn't have just walked in here blindly into an ambush. Right. And he's like, Billy can't find a single track. Other than from the people, from the other gentlemen. Right. Uh, And they can't find Jim's other men. So. (laughs) uh, Blaine. uh, This is the side he's going to do payback. It's payback, payback time for whoever killed these guys. He unpacks this big giant gun thing. Yeah, that that big gun that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, and we get we get many many scenes of predator vision, which is basically it's almost like a like a heat seeking kind of vision. Would you not agree? Yeah, I called it infrared. I'm not sure if that's infrared. 100% yes, thank true. you. Yeah, very okay. good, very good. Yes, and it's always from above. Yeah, like looking down on everything. So, so you know, son, he's of, hiding up in the trees. Exactly. Yes, he's using that. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then so the men begin to follow the gorilla's trail. Uh, and you could tell that Dutch almost seems to kind of sense something too. Yeah. I think the, the ones that seem like they're the most in tune with it are Billy and Dutch because they're like, you know, something's just not sitting right with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. There's nothing is the way that it's, uh, it was explained to. And especially when Billy found the bodies is like, okay, there's something really off here. Exactly. Yeah. His spidey senses is tingling. Yep. So I love this next scene because Dylan kind of falls like he trips a little bit and falls and they're trying to be very quiet. So this kind of gives their position away. Well, Mac, who's actually very good friends with Blaine, Mac and Blaine are are friends. Uh, Blaine is Jesse Ventura and Mac is, uh, is it Bill Duke? I believe. Yeah. And Mac is the one for, uh, for our listeners, Mac is the one who's always dry shaving his uh, face and his head. Right. But what I liked about this is both of these gentlemen are African-American. I like that they they set it up this way. So you don't have like they're both of the same race. Mm-hmm. 
So Mac turns on him. He's like, you're giving away our position and I don't totally trust you. And if you do it again, I'm just going to kill you Yeah, because you're not going to jeopardize this mission. You're not going to put me or my comrades in any kind of peril. So you're just dead. If you keep this up, you're just dead. You're gone. And I really liked just the way that played out. Like he's not taking crap from this guy. And I like that they made it the same race. So it's not like any kind of like, you can't read into it like, oh, this guy's prejudiced or anything like that. You know what I mean? I just, I thought that was very smart. I like right, that. I like right. that. Um, exactly. I, I really like that. Okay. So <clears throat> they hear like this very faint motor sound off in the ways a little bit. So this is where you get Dutch belly crawling and he peers up over like this log and it drops down and there's like almost like a little commune that the Russians and Span- uh, Spanish people have set up down there and they have the two um, hostages down there. And I like that little attention to detail because I think that is something that the like the armed forces actually do. You know, they don't just walk towards something and poke their heads out. They kind of right. crawl. <laughs> and so it's like almost staying, you know, really method acting, staying true to form. And mm-hmm. I, th- I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, I really liked it a lot. Uh, so we get the scene where one of the hostages is actually just shot, like execution style, basically. So one of the men's already gone. He's down. So that's when Dutch decides that we got to act now to get down there. So they kind of break off into pairs, more or less. And Mac and Blaine head down. And this is where Blaine almost hits the tripwire. Oh, yeah. But he, he cuts it. And yeah. you, like you see his hand like almost touching it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, then Dutch decides that there's this, they, they've got this truck propped up, so it's running, but it's the back tires are up off the ground and it's like almost like on a, uh, what's the word I want? Like, um, like it's a, a conveyor. A, yeah. Belt, belt driven kind of thing. thing. Yeah. Belt driven. Exactly. Thank you. What, so he puts this, oh, go ahead. Did he say that was some kind of a fuel depot or something? Where, oh, um, that I don't know. I didn't write that down, so I don't know on oh, that. With, okay. Once all this started, I got the very basics because there was so much going on, really. Yeah, I was trying um, to figure out like what what was what in this movie and why that truck was running on, with the belt. Like, was it creating something? I have no I, clue. to me, it was some kind of generator. Is what I was thinking. They were using it to generate something. Oh, because okay. otherwise, why would you have it running? Right. Like, that you know makes I mean? yeah. That makes more sense. Like to have it generating maybe power or something. That's what I you know because you're out in the. Or I don't know. That's just how I was thinking. I don't know. But anyway, so Dutch throws this um, bomb, basically, you know, that's going to go off in the back to create like a distraction and, you know, (laughs) get them all taken off their guard so they can invade them. So he releases it from the like cinder block and sends it careening into the the, the, what they palapa. I think that's what um, Dylan called the little hut thing. Sends it careening into there. And to create distraction and, and to allow the men to get in there because the other men basically around the outskirts of the place have been knocking everyone else off little one by one, little by little. Yeah. So tactical. The, the, yeah. Tactical. So on the outskirts, they've been taken care of. Now they just have to worry about everyone inside. But I also thought sending that into there is just pretty much going to take care of your other hostage. Right. Cause you don't know where they're holding the <laughs> <No>. hostage. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm thinking, well, Dutch, you've just eliminated that second hostage anyway. So they send that in there. It blows up. And this is where you get everyone like just, 
you know, basically opening fire on everyone. You get Dutch has a couple of one-liners where he like throws a knife at the one guy and pins him, and he's like, "Stick around." Yeah, that one was actually improvised by Arnold. <laughs> that does not surprise me. <laughs> And then he like, he, he like, was he knock on the door then opens it and he's like, knock, knock. Oh yeah. And then he shoots the guy out the window. Yep. Yeah. Well, and during all of this, a woman come, no, I'm sorry. We don't know it yet. A person comes up, um, to, from behind, but Dutch turns around and knocks her out. And that's when it's revealed that it's actually a female, a woman. Mm-hmm. So, and was she working with the gorillas or was yeah, she? she was, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. She was with them. Yeah. Because that's why they decided to take her because they're like, we can't let her go because she could run tell the other gorillas because they realize they're not on, you know, like just a singular unit. There's other ones working with them and she would just, you know, let them know that we're here. Yeah. Oh, I also had a question. I don't know if you could figure this out, but I've been trying to figure this out. Um, the hostage that they shot, was that one of the one of the special forces team that they, you know, the bodies that they didn't find and maybe they got taken by the uh, gorillas or was that just, um, you know, the plane that had crashed with the the cabinet minister who, or whoever the hell that was. That's what I was trying to figure out. I hadn't even thought about it. So I don't know. Oh, okay. Like a theme in my head, Rob, like I (laughs) didn't even enter my head. Yeah, I never thought of it before, but this watching the movie this time, I was like, okay, where did these hostages come from? Now, if they sent, you know, special forces into the forest to recover this group, um, did some not survive and then others got taken in as hostages or, you know, where did all these people come from? That's what I was trying to figure out. Because the one hostage they shot was not speaking English, was he? Um, because I had the subtitles on. I'll be honest with you, because sometimes the things they were saying was hard to. Yeah, to I'm not sure. Saying. I know it was a blonde, yeah. a blonde-haired guy, but um, I think they were both speaking Spanish and Russian, except one said "fuck you." But okay, see, I didn't was, even, I couldn't even make that out, like any kind <clears throat> of speech. <clears throat> yeah, so okay. I don't know for a fact. I'm not going to even speculate. All right, so yeah, let's just uh, move on. But. Let's, well, I'm going to do this. So if it was the cabinet member and his aide, that would have been the two there, if you're going to go with that. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, because I don't think it would have been a special forces guy. Oh, that just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't add up. Because? Because the predator probably stripped the skin off the bodies and kept the skulls. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of of the uh special of the forces team yeah not, yeah not the plane but the team that was sent in um because they only found what was uh dutch's friend's name jim hopper yeah they only found the dog tags of hopper but they didn't find the rest of the dog tags right right okay so i'd and say there were like, three men hanging up right weren't there three men i think so and yeah, I uh, think so too. they couldn't find the bodies of the others because there were six. Uh, so maybe the predator left the three hanging because those were not worthy of trophies. And like he he wants the biggest, baddest, um, you know, things as we find out at, near the end of the film. So that's kind of my thinking along the lines of that. 
Well, also, if you go with the theory that he's not going to fight you if you don't have a weapon, which they introduced later on, mm -hmm. would the cabinet aide have a weapon on him? I doubt it. Or would the the would the uh, the uh, yeah? I don't know. Or just the person sent with? It? I don't know. I just, oh, okay. Anyway, wait. whatever. Okay, our my little theory just got blown up in my face because. As we find out, it's Dylan searching through the paperwork and finds out that it's a Russian arms deal operation. So you're right. That guy was probably speaking Russian. Yeah, they neither one were speaking English. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, there was no cabinet minister. <laughs> yeah, I think that was all a setup. Yeah, that was a cooked up story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah, now we can move on. <laughs> there okay. We go. All right. So um, help me. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. No, 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 no. Oh, <laughs> if I had just read on, all of that was in my note. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yes. It says it was a um, uh, the hostage is dead. Oh, Mac. Mac says the other hostage is dead. It wasn't Central American. Um, the cabinet minister was CIA. Um, the other, uh, what was it? Uh, the other dead were Russian military advisors. Something big was going to happen. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Okay. okay, I'm so sorry. I'm such a geek. Okay, so Dutch is like, um, we need to clear the area. And this is where he confronts Dylan about what was going on. And then this is where Dylan says the men in the chopper were his. And Hopper was supposed to get them. Oh. So Hopper... Was was coming in to actually do what Dutch Hopper couldn't do what Dutch is now trying to do. Yeah, see, I must have glossed over that part because, you know, sometimes there are certain parts you don't pay attention to, and that mm -hmm. must have been one of the parts that I did not pay attention to. Yeah, and then so this is where Dutch mentions that they're and they are an expendable asset, and that air surveillance shows that there's more gorillas within a few miles. And Dylan says the girl needs to go with them because she's valuable. And that's where Dutch is like, then you're in charge of her. You know, yeah. she's your, she's your baggage. If you fall behind, we're just going to continue moving. Mm -hmm. And then this is also where we get predator vision real quick. Uh, and they realize that the, the area where they are, it's, it's just, they can't, they can't come down for a pickup. Yeah. It's too hot. Mm -hmm, too hot. So Pancho takes the lead. And we get that the predator is hearing their voices, but they're very distorted. Mm -hmm. And he's and apparently mimicking their voices. We're getting there. Yeah. What, he, yeah. I, what I think he's trying to do is trying to like, in my mind, he's trying to like decode, decipher it like in his own like way. Maybe. Yeah. Because. Because um, he is repeating left. like either he's recording their voices and playing it back over and over or he's like trying to repeat what they're saying. Yeah, but well, okay, so yes, because Dylan is left behind with the female, and so is Mac. Ah, yes, and Mac is and, like over here. Well, Turn yeah, because they're arguing, and then with Dylan and the female are arguing, and Mac calls him over, and Dylan and the girl tries to kind of take off. And then that's when Dylan turns and Mac raises that blade, like he's going to stab him in the back. Mm -hmm. And then he stabs that scorpion. But like you said, he's, a, he's like over here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then he kills this. He stabs a scorpion and then stomps on it. Yeah. Terrible. Then, waste of a scorpion. 
Right. And then this is what you're saying. This is where now the predator is actually, they're not distorted. They are sounding pitch perfect like the people. Yeah. So it was almost like he was trying to mimic it and get it perfect. So the first ones weren't working, but these are getting better. Like he's getting better at picking up these voices. Yeah. Because he also gets Billy's laugh. And okay, this is the one where he makes the joke. He's like, geez, you got a big pussy. Geez, you got and, a big pussy. And that yeah. that's what makes Billy laugh. Mm-hmm, exactly. And he's recorded that too. Yeah. And so right. then you, um, as Billy is doing more tracking ahead, um, I didn't notice this the first thousand times that I watched the movie. But in the distance, you hear Billy's laugh from the joke and it's not Billy. And so that's what makes Billy start like looking up in the trees because he hears that. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And then you also like uh, that infrared vision, like you were saying, you see where the predator picks up the dead scorpion. Yeah, I thought, okay, as a kid, I just got to get into this real quick. As a kid, I thought the predator was like some kind of scorpion like creature. And I thought that. Um, you know, the killing of the scorpion. Oh, ca- caused, yeah. You <laughs> He's like, I declare war. You killed one of my people. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I love how kids think. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> how you make those like correlations with things. Yeah. I love that. Um, so it's daytime. The troop is moving on to the jungle. They got the girl like uh, zip tied and they're dragging her along. So... You've got the banter between like Mac and Blaine and everything. And the girl attempts to escape, but uh, Pancho intercedes and prevents it. And yeah. then we've got Billy. They're all kind of hanging back, but Billy is like kind of in the clearing and everyone else is kind of back in the shadows. He's kind of like fondling his necklace. And they're all talking about how he's been squirrely all morning and everything. And yep. you see the girl, she kind of looks down at the log. So, you know, that's going to come into play. Oh, yeah. she She's ready to wail somebody with that. Mm-hmm. And then Dutch kind of creeps out there alongside Billy and he's like, you know, what, what is it? What's going on? And Billy's like, there's something in the trees. And you get the predator vision. And then the other men kind of come down real slow. And then the, the predator is actually recording more of their voices. Yeah. Uh, but then um, Billy's like, it's nothing major. Let's just, you know, kind of move on. Well, this is when the girl strikes the soldier and begins to run. Oh yeah, and and then the it it switches between real life vision and then like the infrared where it shows like the the girl running and them scrambling after her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Hawkins is the one who ca- captures her, correct? Yeah, he tackles her. Okay, um, but like he basically tackles her, and then all of a sudden he's like dragged away by the invisible predator. Yeah, and she, her face is splattered with blood. Yes, and she's clearly, clearly, clearly distraught. Uh, and then Pancho gets there and he sees the bloody trail leading kind of off into the jungle and spies that the, there's entrails, but that's kind of all he can see. Yeah. Hawkins. And then they're asked, they're like, did you do this to him? That That's not her blood. You know, all kinds of questions are being oh, asked. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're like, you know, did you find Hawkins? And he's like, I can't tell if that's Hawkins or not. <laughs> it's just <clears throat> a pile of slop. Right. And then so uh, Pancho can actually speak Spanish as well. So he actually questions her, you know, what happened in his translation of what she's saying is the jungle came alive and took him. But Dylan's like, that's not exactly what she's saying. So yeah, he's like in disagreement with that. What she's saying doesn't make any sense. Exactly. Exactly. 
Um, and then like Dutch is like, well, wait a minute. If it was the gorillas, why didn't they take the radio? Why did they leave the weapons? And why didn't she escape? Why is she still here? Yeah. That, that doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. And then Dylan's like, you know, uh, the same thing that happened to Jim has happened now. We got to find the body. So the men double back to, to figure out where he is. And then I love this. This is where like Dutch is walking and you see that bloody like palm leaf. And then it goes up and up and up and up the tree. And then oh, there's yeah. hanging up there. They're yeah, looking, that was pretty they're cool. looking for the body, but the body is like the predator has it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then unfortunately Blaine is the next to get it. Oh yeah. Cause what a, okay. Now I just saw this, but I'm trying to remember the sequential order of events here. Um, so Blaine gets it and then Mac rushes in, but all he sees is like the predator, like the invisible predator. Oh yeah. That's where he sees it. And then the, the eyes. eyes, yeah, the eyes yeah, light up. Two eyes. Yeah. And then Mac unloads like a full round uh, and then Dutch joins in and then all of, all of them are there and they're just like firing into the jungle. Yeah. They're just shooting um, at whatever, like hoping to hit something. Yeah. And then I put down everyone around is going to know your position now. like <laughs> no one will be second guessing where you are in that jungle right now they're going to know exactly where they are yeah and the girl is still with them like she's made zero attempt to leave them like she's with you for for the the duration of this this mission now she's not booking it out there at yeah, all she's clearly shook up mm-hmm. and then max says that he saw like it like air quotes it um and this is where like dylan is like you know, looking at the body and he's like, the wounds are fused. They're like cauterized and Dutch, like there's no powder burns. So they're like, what, what's doing this? This is not like a, a normal weapon that killed this man. Yeah. What kind of weapon could do this? Mm-hmm. And then Pancho goes out and he comes back. He's like, there's no blood. There's no bodies. He's like, we've hit nothing. So they decide to set up the defense position. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. And yeah, then and it's they're gonna nighttime. take Blaine's. Yeah, they're gonna take Blaine's body with them. Yeah, and then and this uh, is oh, go we're ahead. Treated to uh, a fireworks display almost, and then the sound of a a screeching animal, and Mac is uh, they tumble over like the a little overhang, and Mac is stabbing the shit out of it, and he's like, "I got you, motherfucker!" And yeah, uh, but before we get there, oh, sorry, did I jump ahead again? I just want to do this. Okay. Before we get there, this is when the girl notices there's glowing like liquid on that palm leaf and she rubs it on her clothes, on her pants leg. Oh shit. I forgot about that part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now anyway. Okay. So yeah. Now, now we're talking about where you are. Yes. Go ahead. Okay. So yeah, the, the fireworks uh, show and everything and, um, you know, they, they're making fun of Mac because he killed a, a boar or a warthog, whatever the hell it was. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, upon their return, they find out that something made it, got through the tripwires, stole Blaine's body and then took off. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. And then Dylan is like really pushing the girl to tell what exactly happened. Yeah. And that is this when she tells her story about on on the hottest years? Not yet. No. Okay. Okay. Um, but this is where Billy reveals that he's scared. He knows that there's something waiting on them out there. And it's not a man and they're all going to die. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is where uh, Dutch says that whatever killed Hopper uh, now wants to kill us. Yeah. And this so- is where the hunt ramps up where like, um, you know, the action jumps up 
even more and they're starting to become hunted one by one a lot quicker now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um after the tripwires are set off and everything in the boar, um, and they've taken Blaine's body. Um, so Dutch realizes that they're using the trees as is like means of movement. And then this is where our female hostage reveals that she actually can speak English. Oh, okay. So this is the part where she tells her story. Yes. Uh, she says that, well, they ask her about the, what she saw and she said it acts as a chameleon can change colors. And this is where Dutch like frees her from her restraints. Yeah. And then Dylan's not buying it. He's like, so you're saying our men were killed by a lizard. And apparently he took that way too literally because she didn't mm-hmm. say it was a chameleon. She said it can right. change, uh, change colors like a chameleon or something. Right. And then Dylan wants to just head to the rendezvous, but Dutch is like, he wants to meet this face on. Otherwise there's, they're not going to escape. They're not going to make it. Cause Dutch so, knows that they're being hunted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then this is where Anna mentions the bloody leaves. And then Dutch is like, well, if it bleeds, we can kill it. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the troop begins setting the traps and they use camouflage this time. Cause they're like, well, if he can see, you know, the other trap, let's camouflage it and let's see what happens with that. So this is where, like you were talking about, we get like Mac shaving and he snaps the razor. (laughs) And (laughs) this is where the story you're talking about. This is where she recounts the story of her childhood. Okay. Yeah. And do you want to say it or do you want me to do it? Oh, you can go for it. Oh, she was just saying like in the hottest years, like of her childhood in the hottest years, they would find men without their skin or much, much worse. And they chalked it up to a demon who makes trophies out of men. So this is, She's alluding to this being the fact that this isn't new to her people. This has gone on before. She, yeah. And something she's reliving about something that's been in her culture for years. Yeah. Decades. And like something about this year, it gets really, really hot. So yes, exactly. Right. So our birds give us a clue again that something's up. Uh, and then Dylan makes the comment, are we going to use cheese next to capture this thing? Uh, which I thought was funny. Um So this is where Dutch sneaks out and almost trips the trap himself. But the trap is sprung and all of a sudden laser blasts just start going off everywhere. Yeah. And then uh, you see like a almost Wolverine claws, ching, ching, you know? Yeah. uh, But and then Dylan gets a really very brief glimpse of the alien. He's not invisible. He just gets a real quick glimpse of what the alien does look like. And the eyes kind of flash for him, too. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And so Dylan takes off after the predator, um, but in the chaos of everything, another trap was sprung and it hit Poncho pretty hard. Oh, yeah, that's where he got wounded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So Mac is also in pursuit. So we have Mac and Dylan after the predator and the other ones are all kind of like going to make it to the chopper and they're got to help Poncho along because he's in really bad shape. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this thing wants Poncho. Right, right. Uh, so um, it kind of sounds like Max almost kind of losing it a little bit because he's kind of like mumbling to himself and he's singing that song that was playing earlier on the helicopter. Oh, and, Long Tall Sally, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, this is where the um, predator is using that voice kind of thing to mess with Dylan because he hears Max's voice. 
but it's not. He's like setting up a trap for him. And this is where Mac reaches around and kind of grabs Dylan from behind, puts his hand over his mouth and pulls him in. Yeah. And then he's like, over there, look in the trees, uh, you know, ahead of us. And they see this, uh, it's almost like liquid metal form that it's like, it's bending the light around it and it Mm -hmm. just looks like a a glass kind of figure. Yeah. And almost like glass and like watery glass, like liquefied glass. Yeah. Like melty, melty glass or something. Yeah. 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 It's a very cool effect. Yeah. Um, And so they see him up in the tree and they both basically, realize they have a score to settle with this thing mm-hmm. so they split up but then mac has like these set of three red dots on his arm oh yeah he gets it first like he's trying to sneak his way through the underbrush um but he notices that the laser is zeroed yeah. in on his head i guess yeah and his head is yeah taken off pretty much <laughs> <laughs> so now we're back with the troop um, and then this is where Anna goes to pick up that weapon and, the, and Dutch is like, leave it. He's like, you were unarmed, so he's not going to hurt you because there's no sport in it. Yeah. So she doesn't pick up the weapon. Um, and then, uh, Dutch is looking for Mac and then he sees the corpse and he hears Mac's voice. And then that predator click that he makes that clicky noise. Okay. Yep. And he sees the eyes flash. And then Dutch goes to fire, but his arm is blasted off and it still keeps firing. It's like clicking like, like a. (laughs) So then he he, uh, unstraps the, the other Uzi from over his shoulder and he's like trying to fire with that. But the predator moves a lot faster and those little metal claws come out and Mm -hmm. lifts him up and bye bye uh, Dylan. Yeah. So the others uh, hear his scream and this is where they're like c- crossing over this like fallen log that acts as a bridge. So Billy just stops and like throws his gun over the side and he takes off his vest and he wraps that necklace around his hand. And he cuts himself. Yeah. And he cuts his, yeah, cuts his chest with his machete. So that just leaves Dutch and Anna and uh, Pancho. And, and then, then they, we get the predator. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, the, like at that point when, when it cuts, uh, when it cuts back from Billy to, uh, Dutch and everyone, you hear Billy scream and they're continuing to move. Yeah, we get the predator vision. Yes, exactly. It's retreat, Billy screams. Um, and then this kind of is where um the blast hits Poncho, and then they the uh other two kind of uh, uh split up basically. This is where Dutch tells Anna to get to the chopper, and then Dutch just gets further into the jungle with the predator in in pursuit of him, the invisible predator. Yeah. He's running from something that he can't even see. Exactly. And this is where he plummets into the water. He heads over the waterfall and he gets more (laughs) turbulent water and he swims ashore and like lays on the muddy bank. Yeah. And and then uh, he hears a splash and looks behind him. (laughs) Yeah. He thinks he's got a break, but he doesn't because there's that predator coming up out of the water. Yeah. And it looks like he's shorting out the predator. The the camouflage does not work in uh, water. Yeah, it's it's like sparking and everything, kind of. So Dutch is covered in mud, and he kind of like works his way up into this, like like he's entwined with these vines. And yep. so he's hidden out of view almost. But the predator's approaching, and he's using his little like heat vision thing, and he shoots, but he's actually shooting at like a little rodent thing, not at Dutch. Right, and then... 
Dutch finally realizes that he's like, he couldn't see me. Exactly. And then he's like, well, but me having um, my pants on might (laughs) cause him to tell where I am. If I get an erection, all that heat will go down. Right. So he strips all his clothes off and slowly slathers mud all over his body. Okay. I didn't see that one. I didn't either. But God, Rob, if it would only happen, I'd been so happy. But anyway. So he does figure out that the mud acted like as a preventative and it kind of blocked his body heat. So he begins laying a trap and then I have shirtless Arnold. Thank you, movie. <laughs> then we see the predators extracting Billy's spine. Oh, yes. So that's what he does. He like rips the spine out and it's kind of like very Mortal kombat So now Dutch has been working. It's into the night and he's working by firelight. And I put down in my in my notes, imagine what he and Nancy could have accomplished together, meaning Nancy from Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> they could have set a, a really good mousetrap. Holy cow. Yeah. So he's got like gunpowder. He's wrapping in palm leaves and he's, you know, making that little like uh, what is it like? He's taking a big giant branch and like spiked like limbs and got like a knife tied to it and everything. Yeah. Like He's going all out of. All out for this predator. And then that um, big deadlift with the giant log thing. Oh, yeah. He's he's going to town. Um, and then he like basically like covers himself with more mud. And then uh, he lights this torch and screams, basically like a war cry. And then so this arouses the predator's attention. And, he's, <laughs> and the predator's like heating his claws up. Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so... Then he, uh, the torch lights up uh, the logs and then like basically almost like a little forest fire thing starts happening. Yeah. And I think that's um, for somehow Arnold figured out that the creature sees an infrared. And if he can create a lot of heat, it would confuse the predator. That's just my thoughts on it. Uh-huh. I, I think me, I took it as he just, he's ready to do this and he wants him there. And this is like, like a giant, like, Signal, come and get me, sucker. Oh, okay. Yeah, that too. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, So we also, he's smart enough to figure out that I'm not going to stay on the ground. He ascends into the treetops as well. Mm-hmm. And he hears the clicking noises, which I do like the clicking noises. I thought they were pretty cool. <clears throat> yeah, that's um, cool for a creature because you, I mean, you wouldn't expect it to growl because it's got to be, you know, quite stealthy. Right, to, right, right. To perform hunts but, um, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, the clicking noises are coming right behind him. <laughs> so Dutch realizes this and swings away on a vine to another tree. Uh, and I wrote down filthy tree hugger. Filthy tree hugger. <laughs> it's like dirty Kim Basinger all over again. Exactly. All over again. Uh, and then the uh, this is when our invisible predator uh, is on the log uh, above and he starts firing blasts. Um, and he, and he turns visible and starts firing back. Yeah. And there's this light show going on. And then Dutch drops to the ground to take shelter underneath that rock. You with me? Yep. I'm still with you. Okay. Okay. And then we've got our alien. He starts, starts to short circuit again. And we realize that Dutch is also bleeding and we get predator vision as Dutch runs and he sees the predator is only a few feet ahead. So he hangs from like a fallen log as the predator walks over it, like from above. Oh, yeah. But that was a, a moment of tension right there. Yeah. But so Dutch is safe. 
and he grabs his little arsenal that he's got and he tosses a rock as a distraction and throws a loaded spear, which angers the alien. <laughs> and this is where he notices that there's glowing blood. And Dutch is like bleed bastard. And so now he's on the hunt and he spies more blood drops and they lead him into like a, like an overgrowth kind of thing. Yeah. But what we see that Dutch doesn't notice is that there's blood drops like actually dripping behind him. And it's a setup. Yep. So Dutch decides to set up a bomb and then he jumps into the lake. But by doing so, he's washed himself clean. Yeah. His camouflage no longer works in the water either. Exactly. So we've got our predator pinning Dutch up with his claw, like not up, but like down, like because Dutch is there and then the claws come down and kind of pit his head, his head down by the neck with the claws, the alien claws. But then the predator releases him and walks away because he's removing, it's going to be like a fair fight. He's going to fight him on his level. So he removes his weaponry from his shoulder and he takes off that helmet and then he just like lets out this like bellowing scream and we actually get to see his face. Yeah. And uh, did you think that like when the predator had him by the throat and he was turning his head from side to side, did you think he was examining his skull? Because you know how the predator is into skulls for like trophies. So right. maybe maybe it liked the shape of Arnold's skull and it was just like, OK, you're a worthy opponent. Yeah. What a worthy skull this will make on my collection <laughs> wall. Exactly. But now. He's still like beating the bejesus out of Dutch. So it's still not a fair fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's just, just this thing is huge, lumbering and very strong. Exactly. Exactly. So Dutch crawls away and he crawls down into this little trap that he set earlier that we talked about with the little spikes and then the, the dead weight thing that's going to drop down. But of course, this isn't the Predator's first day at the rodeo. Oh, and he, yeah. Dutch is trying and, to goad him in. He's like, come on, mm -hmm. kill me. Kill yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. So the Predator kind of like, you know, touches the spike and he's like, mm, I'm just going to walk around <laughs> the other way. I don't think so. Right. So above Arnold is that dead weight you were talking about. So Arnold kind of kicks the, the mechanism holding it in place. It drops down onto the predator's head and. And you hear this sickening thud. Yeah. So you assume as Dutch does that he's dead and, you know, Arnold wonders, you know, what the hell are you? Yeah. But then the predator kind of mimics it. What the hell are you? <laughs> Dr. Jennings. Dr. Jennings. <laughs> I am no longer Jennings. <laughs> but then, I mean, because the predator, he's no fool. He's not going to, you know, let people take him or whatever. Or, yeah, you know, he's let like, I'm win. taking my toys and going home. Exactly. So he sets off this de detonator on his wristband and then laughs. Yeah. Billy's, he, laugh, Billy's laugh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Dutch like books it the heck out of there. And then we get this light show and a blast goes off. And yeah, then we and see... The, oh, go ahead. I, like a, a Tesla kind of thing where you see electricity inside of a ball and then all of a yeah. sudden it gets sucked inside of itself and there's just yeah. a huge explosion. Mm -hmm. And then we get the point of view from the copter with the general from earlier and mm -hmm. Anna's inside and they spy this giant like mushroom cloud from the ground. <laughs> Somebody let off a nuclear bomb. Yeah. And the, but through the smoke, we see Dutch. Um and he's just waiting to be picked up among all the destruction. And <laughs> did you notice that Anna had like a little tear in her eye? No, I didn't. Yeah, she had a little tear. I thought that was kind of interesting. 
Um, and then poor Ashy Arnold definitely needs a bath, but we are not privy to that scene. Um, <laughs> and then we just have the copter arising into the air with, with Dutch on board. Yeah, and, and then it the cuts to it cuts to all that that uh, <laughs> thing you were talking about at the beginning, where it's like, yeah. okay, this is these are the actors, and this is kind of like the B roll footage, where you know they're kind of cheesing for the camera and everything. Which another thing it does with me, and I realize I sound like a moron, but it also kind of undercuts everything that happened. It's like, oh, but it was just a movie. Yeah. Well, that's what I was uh, telling you about earlier. I was like, it seems like, you know, we just watched an episode of the A-Team or something. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, I, I you know, I didn't ruin it. It's not like, but it did kind of, it kind of undercut it. But I also wish they would have done that at the beginning because in movies like this, you're kind of like, now who's that? Wait, who's this? Because, you know, they've got the, some of them have the camouflage paint on their faces and they're running through the jungle. Yeah. And for kind of all intents and purposes, they are kind of dressed the same. Also, I think it's the mind. You can't keep track of that many people doing that many things all at once and expect to kind of consolidate it all together, you know? Yeah. And to, to me, the two I had the most trouble with was Hawk, uh, Hawkins and Poncho. Oh, same here. Same here. I kept yeah. getting them confused. Yeah, those were the two that really threw me for a loop with this one. Um, yeah. I did like the touch at the end where, um, like we were talking about the end credits where Hawk Hawkins was reading the Sergeant Rock comics. I thought that was really cool. Oh, yeah, I that, thought that was cool. Yeah. I used to read those comics. Did you really? Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. Um. Now, Rob, did you enjoy the movie? Of course I did. <laughs> and, and would you recommend it? I would. This yeah. this has been a mainstay of mine for, you know, since 1987, I would say. Mm -hmm. I must have seen this thing thousands of times. And, you know, I could at one point in time, I could quote the entire movie word for word. You know, <laughs> all the dialogue in it is <laughs> just like, oh, and this happens now and this happens next. Um, so yeah, this is, this is a childhood favorite of mine. That's fun. Now I too love it. I, I, it's so much fun and the effects are still good. Oh, definitely. They are amazing. They, to me, they're just, just as impressive now as they were when it was first shown in 87. Like they are stellar. I think. I think so too. Like, I mean, if they tried to do it again, with a bunch of CGI, I don't believe it would have the same effect that it had at that time. Mm -mm. No, I think it's it's stellar. They should be so proud of themselves. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I would I would totally recommend this. If you're a fan of sci-fi, if you're a fan of action, if you're a fan of horror, I, it kind of umbrellas all of those things and it does it well. Yeah. And just like alien creatures that like you basically have no hope against. Oh yeah, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, it, it's it's so much fun. It's just like a total popcorn movie yeah. in a good way. Uh, it's it's not going to bore you. There's no downtime for the most part. I don't think. No, there's no. Uh, there's not a lot of dialogue, or I mean, there's not a lot of uh, extended dialogue. I should say. No, the expositions like worked in like here and there. You mm -hmm. know, like with Anna kind of giving the backstory a little bit, and then Mac kind of like filling people in on stuff. Uh, it's, it's pretty much hits the ground running and doesn't 
lose pace. No, not right up to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and of course, if you're a fan of Arnold, I don't know how you have gotten this far without seeing it, but if you've not seen it, you definitely owe it to yourself to see that. Yeah. Highly recommended. Oh yes. Very much so. Very much so. I always forget. I mean, it's fun, but I forget how much fun it really is until after I watch it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was a blast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, cause there, there's always, no matter how many times you've seen it, there's always something new to be seen. Mm-hmm. I guess with me, my go-to Arnold movie would be Terminator. Okay. I always forget about this one. But really? I, you know, because I love Terminator. I love Terminator. Um, and I, I forget about this one, but then I'll watch it. I'm like, oh, this is really fun. But yeah, like Terminator is like the bomb as far as I'm concerned. I love that so much. Yeah, I think among the, like I would put this as number one and Terminator and Terminator 2 would be the two and three, you know? Those would mm-hmm. be my top three Arnold movies. Mm-hmm. Because Terminator 2 Oh, wait, Judgment besides Day, Kindergarten Cop? Or? <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> exist in my world. <laughs> I see, I see. Um, yeah. Yeah, like Terminator 2 Judgment Day, it's still like, it went on with the pace and it was just like another good um, Terminator film, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. No, this so, was really fun. I'm really glad you recommended this one. This was quite fun to watch and talk about. Uh, I really enjoyed this one. Oh yeah, I'm glad. So our next one is going to be Breeders, but it's the one from 1986. Yes. Ah, yes. We had to put that little caveat in there because there is more than one Breeders movie. Mm -hmm. And they actually just kind of did like a remake not too long ago of it. So don't watch that one, folks. We're doing the 86 one. Yeah. And yeah. I got to tell you, I haven't seen that movie. It's probably been maybe 20 years since I've seen it. So I've seen it, if I'm not mistaken, in like the last two or three years. So it's not been that long for me. Oh, nice. So you still got a little bit fresher than me. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Breeders, it will be. Um, Now I have the Breeders song stuck in my head. Cannonball. (laughs) Anyway. Um. So if you would like to interact with us, we are available on Instagram at Midnight Mass Creature Cast. And I will be the person on that end. If you if you uh, get a hold of us that way, I'm the one you're interacting with there. Right. Because you don't want to talk to antisocial Rob. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do, how would they reach you, Rob? Um, well, they could reach me and they could reach you because I'll forward that mail to you. That is mmccpod at gmail.com. And we would both love to hear from you. Yes. Yeah, I do love the interaction. Now, we always, always appreciate you joining us because the more the scarier, I always say. Yeah, and until next time, we hope you stay spooky. Spooky.